Hey everyone, this week's episode is brought to us by Tiffany McDaniel's On the Savage Side, uh, a brand new novel, uh, which you can get, uh, let's see, available online and on shelves now. That's that's pretty much everywhere, right, yes. Paris? Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. So what's it about? Six women, mothers, daughters, sisters, have gone missing. Inspired by the unsolved murders of the Chillicothe Six, this harrowing and haunting novel tells the story of two sisters, both of whom could be the next victims. From the internationally best-selling author of Betty and the Summer That Melted Everything comes On the Savage Side. Now, Eric, they have given us a tremendous amount of copy <laughs> to get through on this, what is supposed to be a sub one-minute ad read. Yes. So I'm going to do my best to get through the next two paragraphs as quickly as possible. As long as I hit all these words, we're right, right? Yes, then we're good to go. I'll pull out the stopwatch, and uh, I'm ready to to time you. <clears throat> all right, here we go. All right. <clears throat> uh, when I start, uh, hit that button. Done. Arcade and Daffodil are twin sisters born one minute apart. With their fiery red hair and thirst for an escape, they forge an unbreakable bond nurtured by both their grandmother's stories and their imaginations. Together, they create a world where a patch of grass reveals an archaeologist's dig... The smoke emerging from the local paper mill becomes the dust rising from wild horses galloping in the ground and an abandoned 1950s convertible transforms into a time machine that can take them anywhere. But the two sisters can't escape the generational ghosts that haunt their family. Growing up in the shadow of the town, the sisters cling tight to one another. And years later, Arcade wrestles with these memories of her life just as a local woman is discovered drowned in the river. Soon, more bodies are found. While her friends disappear around her, Arcade is forced to reckon with the past. While the killer circles ever closer, Arcade's promise to keep herself and her sister safe becomes increasingly desperate while the powerful riptide of the savage side becomes more difficult to survive. Dedicated to women killed in her native Ohio, acclaimed novelist and poet Tiffany McDaniel has written a moving literary testament and fearless elegy for missing women everywhere. On the Savage Side is available online and on shelves now. Nice. That was 47 minutes, but I'll edit it down. Very well. Now it is my turn to talk to you all about... That's right, our corporate overlords over at Fangoria. Fangoria has been at it for over 40 years and is back and better than ever. This gorgeous magazine is highly collectible and comes right to your door four times a year, each issue filled to the brim with articles exploring every nook and cranny of genre filmmaking past, present, and future with all the most exciting journalists, filmmakers, and horror know-it-alls to guide the way, including your intrepid King Cast hosts. The high-quality writing will only ever appear within the physical pages of the magazine, so if you want to read it, and you damn well better, you're going to need to subscribe, babies, and to do that, all you got to do is head on over to Fangoria.com and sign up. KingCast listeners are in the family, so I have a nifty promo code for all of our little cousins and distant relations. Y'all can save a whopping 25% off your order if you use the code KingCast at checkout. Now, with all of that said, let's get on with the show. Hi. My name is Stephen King. Sometimes that is better. Hello and welcome back to the Kingcast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name's Scott Wampler. And I'm Eric Vespi. And we are your hosts. Folks, Vespi and I are beside ourselves with excitement to be bringing you this week's episode. Our guest is an actress who made her big screen debut in the 1990 Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Lionheart before <laughs> spending several years working on the iconic 
80s, 90s sitcom Growing Pains. She went on to appear in a number of feature films, including What Women Want, Fast Food Nation, and The Avengers. But in addition to this, she is an accomplished voice actress whose work appeared on shows like King of the Hill, Recess, Teen Titans, and Ben 10. But she is perhaps best known for her work in the 2010 Naughty Dog game, The Last of Us, and its 2020 sequel, The Last of Us Part Two, where she played the iconic character of Ellie. She did not reprise that role for HBO Max's Last of Us series, but as fans already know, she turned in an extremely powerful performance on the first season finale of that show, just recently playing Ellie's mother, an accomplished actress, a thrilling talent, and now she is here to talk about 1992's The Lawnmower Man. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the KingCast stage, Ms. Asley. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, that's pretty close. It's pretty Asley. close. Asley. Asley, I, I just, I'll take I just it. dropped a whole fucking consonant. I mean, my name is Ashley Johnson, so it's two pretty common names put together. So Fair. Mm. Ladies totally and gentlemen, welcome Ashley Johnson to the KingCast stage. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are you it's doing, me, man? It's me, Asley. <laughs> it is, uh, I got to tell you, it is wild to hear your voice coming through oh, my, man. my headphones. Uh, you know, we are, we are psyched as... Big fans of your work, and particularly uh, in The Last of Us. This is this is a real Thanks. treat for us. So thank you for being here. Hey, this is a real treat for me too, because I I think you all know that um, we're big fans of the King Cast in this house. Mm. We stand King Cast, and we also love the man himself, Mr. Stephen. Yeah, King. yeah. You're, it you're, would be you're, really you're... weird if you didn't like Stephen King, but you really yeah. Loved that would show. be kind of weird. You're like, like we're, we're an R.L. Stein house, but we still really like the uh, the show. It's kind of like how I listen to the Ben Shapiro cast, which is like about him, not his podcast, even though I hate him. It's a really weird thing that I yeah. do. But, you know, sometimes sometimes that's just how it shakes out. You know, that's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, of course, your dude is Mr. Brian Foster, who has been on the yes. show on, on several occasions. Our the listeners best. are well familiar with him. Um, yeah, he's, he's on another level, um, with Stephen King. And of course, as you guys know, the dark tower. So the whole, the whole series, which I am very slowly catching up. Yeah. He, if I remember correctly, he missed the game awards to talk to us about. Oh yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Was the last time he was on. That's right. You you guys texted him that morning and I was like, go do that. You're going to be sitting in an audience and it's going to be weird and go. And I felt extremely guilty when he said, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) Those things are always so awkward anyway, because you're you're you know, you don't really get to stay with your person. And also like post COVID rules, like, Hmm. you know, not a lot of people are, are allowed backstage. So it's it's. Award shows are are so strange. What do you mean you're not allowed to say with your person? Well, I think because of like production post-COVID rules right now, like they only allow the performers or the people that are presenting backstage. Oh, I see. So I was like, hey, you're just going to be like sitting in the audience the whole time, which can be fun, but also go do something that you, I know you love and I know he loves you guys. And so- Way better time. Well, that way makes time. way more sense now. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, have wanted yeah. to go. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's those things. I'm always like, uh, they're they're strange and weird, and they're not my my favorite things to do because I get really nervous with public speaking, which sounds insane. Um, mm, but it's yeah. a weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird. You know, you're walking out to an audience and you're like, hey, 
this is me. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I, yeah. So it all worked yeah. out. I, I found I'm, I've done like, I've hosted panels at Comic-Con, you know, I've done like the, those Hall H thing. And kind of once you Oof. do that, it's like, it's kind of like taking a very long international trip. Then suddenly the three hour flights don't seem so bad anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you get nervous? Uh, I get nervous going up to like in the moments before um, yes. now, but, but even then I'd say the only time I'm like what you did at the video game awards would have been harder for me because like it's one thing to go up and like hey i'm here i'm just here to ask somebody else some questions or sure. i'm here just to have fun or whatever but it's another thing to go up and be like here's this you know uh teleprompter you know thing that i have to get right like i would put so much pressure on myself unless you guys didn't use it tell i assume you guys no we did and that's always it, that always it gets that that part in me of being in school and when you would have like the, the class reading a book and you mm. you each take a paragraph and then it's like the seat behind you goes next right. and then mm -hmm. you have to read it out loud and then you're panicking because you're like, what if I don't know a word? What if I say it stupid and everybody's going to laugh? Like it, it hits that same thing for me, a teleprompter. Right. Like it, and, it gives and, it gives me the fear. Yeah. And you're going to read it like, uh, and so you like psych yourself out. So you just read it the worst way anyway, just because yeah. it's the safest. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then Piggy blew on the conch <laughs> and then... Yes. Let's make a joke of, of this so that, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to be reading it badly, so I'll try to make it funny. Right. I'm, cu um, I'm yeah. curious if, it, if that has to do with the crowd or if it's like the fact that you're just not reading your own words. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think yeah. both, being in front of a crowd hits a different type of fear, I guess. But mm -hmm. reading the teleprompter, it's, it's another it's a whole other thing. Like it, it, it's kind of hard. Like people never... that are actually super legit good at reading a teleprompter, mm. I, it's it's a skill, it's a legit I, skill. I really never, I've never had a problem getting up in front of a, a crowd and talking. I think. Um, Have you not? No. You're just totally cool with it. I've done stand up. I don't. Oh you know, shit! Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, but I was always like that. I just, it doesn't. It, it's never really phased me. And but also, I am extremely willing to make an ass of myself. Mm. Yes. So if I up somehow, it's like, hey, it was part of the joke. Guess what? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know if and as long as you're willing to laugh at yourself, absolutely. You know, it doesn't. I just, I understand that it's like a major fear for a lot of people. You know, and I just don't. I just don't share it. But I can understand so why lucky. there'd be a lot of pressure. And you know, I, I hate that I have it because, especially as a performer, it, it's not. I don't like that I have that. <laughs> or like I wish right. I could just overcome that, but it's it's so different when you have, you know, your 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 dialogue and what you're supposed to say and you're an playing another person that's not you and right. when it's yourself on stage, it's like you feel really I don't know, sometimes I just get really nervous and embarrassed. But anyway, well, I'm I'm very happy for you Wampler that you do not have a, have an issue with that. That must be nice. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It's it's very nice. Um I Love wish that for I you. I wish uh, I should get a I should get a public speaking job. I think <laughs> I you thought you probably, were about to say I wish I, mean, I should get a podcast. <laughs> you know what I should do? I should get a podcast. I should make this a thing. Well, a podcast you can't see the crowd. Yeah, you know. No, this but, is great. This you is know. Great. I should figure out how to get paid for if that's my mutant power. I should be exploiting mm. it for all its. Worth. I, you absolutely should. Hmm. Cut to ten years from now, and you're gonna like be supplanting Tony Robbins. 
<laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Scott Wampler. I just got a divorce. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me tell you how to do it right. Yeah, let me let, let me give you life tips <laughs> because I am filled with advice. Oh my um, god. Speaking of your performances though, your your performance on the season finale of The Last of Us, it was I mean, obviously it was great. Thank you. But it also felt uh, what's the word? Don't like, say it, shitty. It, it, it was it's great. An excellent, it it's an excellent shitty. bit of casting, but it's yeah. also a relatively limited amount of screen time. Mm. And yet, of the two or three different conversations going on around the finale, your performance is one of them. So I guess the word I'm looking for here is important, or <laughs> that really wouldn't be the case. World-changing, some might say. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's pretty wild. I mean, I, I think... I feel like so much of the conversation around it also and why it's kind of feels like a big deal. Um, You know, most of the time voiceover actors aren't sort of brought into the fold of an on-screen adaptation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was pretty huge to sort of have everybody that was a part of it um, be a part of the show as well, which I think it's so cool that they did that yeah. and getting to play Ellie's mom and bringing her into the world. Literally it's wild. I mean, it's, it's really weird. I really don't know how to even try to describe this experience because it's, I, I mean, I've been a part of this story in this franchise since 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, and each game, you know, they take, three to you know four and a half years to make i mean games take a long time yeah yeah and it's yeah it's it's bizarre it's a whole crazy experience but i i'm genuinely so unbelievably grateful that i got to be a part of it Mm -hmm. and to still you know bring ellie into the world and be the first person that fights for her to live totally um and also lie <laughs> also lie to keep her You'd alive be the first parental figure to lie to ellie <laughs> and not the last <laughs> yes definitely not the last there is not the last of us we all will lie um yeah but yeah it's it's really cool and i i i'm glad now it's I just, just out into it, the world it must be a, f- a fucking weird thing though because you you get on set Merle Dandridge is there in character. The set <laughs> looks like it was ripped right out of the game. Yeah. There's a goddamn clicker scampering around on all fours. Yeah. Like th- I would just be like, this is fucking surreal. This is oh, like, yeah. you know, a, a completely different uh, can of worms than doing the mocap acting. I would assume very much the, so for the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with mocap, it's, it's like, it's like theater, you know, it's, it's, you, you just have your, your, you do a full take at once and, you know, it's not different setups and different lighting setups and, um, it's fun, but you, you don't have any visuals around you and you're wearing mm-hmm. these suits where you look like a stuffed sausage and <laughs> it's like, they're, they're extremely unflattering, but you don't think about it and you're just like, I've got these little balls all over me and, and, you know, little dots on your face. And, but uh, yeah, I, I think going from that and then 
transferring over to the show where the practical effects are there was so I yeah it's surreal and that's the only word that I can think of that can describe how it how it feels and even just going to set because I would I would go on on days that I didn't shoot and seeing I was there for one of the scenes where all of the horde come out of the hole all right I think that was in the third episode I think I had to go and do fittings for my my belly Um, third was the the Bill and Frank episode. Oh, yo, yeah. What am I saying? The third, the beautiful episode. Yes, I think it was whenever it was. I think it's four. I don't think it's two. I think it's four. Yeah. And it might be five, guys. It might be five. It might be five. five. I'm so embarrassed. We've got to watch the whole season again, I guess. Now we've got to (laughs) rewatch in order, starting right now. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the. Yeah, the whole horde was coming out, everybody in the prosthetics. I mean, it was just such a huge production <laughs> right. to, to see. It was, I was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And the guy, every year I watch the, during like the holidays, watch all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits and the behind right. the scenes as well. And mm. the guy who does the movements for, um, Terry Notary. Yes. Yep, yep. He was on set. I know Terry. Yeah. You do? I do. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I, I spent I spent months and months on the set of The Hobbit. I was on the set of Lord of the Rings as well, but oh but my I spent god. months on the set of The Hobbit, and I uh, this was right after he did all the Planet of the Apes stuff, and oh. uh, and so I actually recorded a video. It's it's my uh, highest YouTube counted video. I uploaded it at the, in the time, but I recorded a video while we were on location during The Hobbit, where oh I asked god. him to reenact the rocket. <gasps> uh, moment in, in uh, the Planet of the Apes where uh, I hold out a cookie and then he comes up and like he grabs it and but he does it in, like in his, his motion. Terry's oh, a great guy. Oh my god. I freaked out when I saw that he uh, was the motion specialist on, on The Last of Us. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And I, I didn't know and I saw him on set and I I was so star star what am I saying? Star struck because he's he's a part of my holidays. Right. Like it, I watched him while I'm like wrapping presents, and <laughs> I also just think he's so unbelievably talented. Like that's yeah, that's such a huge part of the job, especially in in stories like this where you do have, you know, uh, zombies, you know, infected. Where it's like finding those different movements and right. seeing what makes this creature different from other you know, creatures in other shows or movies. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just amazing to see. He was just like after each take and then he would give notes and it was just, it, it, it was so cool. I mean, it's so cool to see it come to life. And the stunt woman that I worked with in the scene, her name is Kelsey Andres. And I, she blew me away. I mean, she was absolutely terrifying and was just all of her body work was incredible. It was it was it was a blast. Like even though the the scenes are so intensely depressing, we had so much fun. And how do you, oh, how do you even remember to act when that is coming across the floor at you? <laughs> I would just I, I would forget my words. I yeah. would my mind would go blank. Scott yeah. would have actually stabbed that stunt person in the forehead. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Well, I peed a little. Um, no, Makes I, sense. you couldn't tell with all that stuff that was on the ground. Yeah, anyway. I figured it would all blend in. Um, <laughs> I believe the first take 
um, that we did, we'd only sort of gone, went through the motions and then we were like, okay, let's shoot it. Cause you know, she had to run across the floor and it was wood and, um, not run across the floor, but like on all fours, like that's hard. And yeah, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. You know, it's, it was one of those days on set where I was like, well, the imaginary circumstances right now are going to work for me. And yeah. it, it's 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 working because I'm scared. <laughs> um, but it was so fun. It was so fun. And just sitting in the makeup chair for, a, you know, hours and getting the bite on my thigh mm-hmm. and to see how they did that. And yeah, I loved it. I loved it. How many times did you drop the baby? Because it was really slimy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I didn't realize. So they have to make the, the baby slime and like the post birth jizz whatever um it's it's ky jelly Mm. and jam Mm. so and it was it was we were in canada it was really cold and we had we were working with twins because you know they can only be on set for like 10 minutes at a time right and um yeah they would just and they were they were brand new babies they were two weeks old and they would just two weeks yes I know it's crazy. And you know, they would they would cover them with the KY jelly and the and the jam and 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 then we would just go and I was terrified because they were so slippery. Right. And I was like, I don't want to also drop this baby in the process. Like this is yeah, it was it was stressful, but one of the one of the babies was a better actor. And mm-hmm. it was a boy and a girl and the girl, baby Mila, she was she killed it. She just like, she like connected and just looked at me and just looked through my soul. And I was like, this is, this is the best day at work. I'm, mm. I have like the best people that I have to play against in these scenes. The incredible stunt woman and this amazing baby and Myrtle And Dandridge. you stole that baby. Yes. Yeah. And I now have that baby with You're me. Raising Arizona, that yes. baby. Yeah. I'm <laughs> trying to. I raising Arizona, the baby. I'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of like, you're a parent. You Dude. have a child. Within Dude. two weeks, you are on set and you're like, yeah, let's put this bad boy in a room with a dead clicker. I, <laughs> no, I was thinking the same thing, especially growing up on on sets and, you know, doing this since I was a kid. Right. It's sets are, you know, this was a very good environment, but it's it is there is that part of me where I'm like, I get nervous when I see a kid on set, yeah. you know, because I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is going to be a rough road for you. Um, but I, the, the mom was so cool and super chill and just the babies were just chill and hanging out and just like, sure, we're down for whatever. <laughs> I was, it was the the craziest day on set with a baby that I've ever had because it's so unpredictable because right. you're like, you don't know if they're going to freak out. You don't know if they're just going to be uncomfortable or throw up or pee. And, you know, we have obviously doing the scene without they're not wearing diapers so we had right. some situations but it, that's just you know. like working with nick nolte so. it, exactly i was just <laughs> gonna say <laughs> just like it <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to to uh you know uh dwell on last of us stuff too long we got to get to the stephen king shit but i oh, do boy. want to ask your opinion on something because i am obviously a diehard fan of 
both of the games. I think the second one is a fucking masterpiece, but it's also a very divisive thing. And I've already seen so many like TikToks and all this stuff. A lot of the audience that, you know, has made the last of us, the biggest fucking show in the world. There a lot of the ones that know the game are going, well, they're definitely obviously going to change the game for the next one because they have to and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here going, they sure as fuck better not. And uh, yeah, uh, and I'm curious what you think going into this next uh, round, because they are doing another season and they are uh, uh, doing the game, you know, sticking to the, the story of the game. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the likelihood of the reaction being as universal is in this second one. Do you think it's going to be more divisive? Uh, because it's really tough to ask um, a video game audience, uh, let alone a, an actual, like, I don't know, TV and, and film audience to not cheer on their protagonist at a certain point. You know what I mean? And right. that's kind of the whole message of the second story is there comes a point where even you're going to be drawing back on, well, fuck, you know, Ellie, just leave it alone. And she doesn't. Right. And it's like, you better tread carefully right now, son. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) so I'm, uh, I'm curious as to what you anticipate the reaction, you know, assuming it's going to be just as, as great as this first season, you know, as an adaptation is. I, I mean, I really enjoyed making the second game and sort of taking it into that even darker place than the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I I was thinking about it the whole time watching through the season and I was watching it at the same time as as everybody else and the rest of the world. And I feel like I feel like they set up Ellie really well for the next game, because if you know the second game, there's little moments where we can see that anger and violence is there. Yep, And in her. And I think they, I don't know, I think they did a really beautiful job with setting that up as something that may happen in the future. <laughs> and it's, it's heartbreaking to watch because the whole time you, you, you care about these people, but you're like, man, life is not going to get better for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, that, it is really? Not. Uh, this is, this is, this is the best it's going to get right in this right. moment. Right. Um, but I mean, we also, it's like, Ellie in the, in the second game, she's 19 and all she's learned at this point is, is from Joel and how you sort of, it's not like there's therapy in this world that says like, Hey, let us help you work through your trauma and use your words. I like the direction of it. And I think I, I struggled with it after the game came out because I feel like everybody was really upset with where Ellie went with it. And I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but I was just surprised because I was like, wow, everybody thinks she's kind of a went a little uh, crazy. And, yeah. you know, for me, I'm like, she's just sort of trying to get revenge for for someone that she really cared about. Right. But it's it's kind of disturbing to see that from a, a young 19 year old girl. <laughs> sure. Um, well, and especially again, it was one that you're you're being told and you're, you're playing. You're seeing through their eyes. So if that character that you're playing is going too far, like then uh, on a video game sense, then it's like you yourself are complicit in going too far. You right. Know what I mean? Right. Which is also why I think uh, 
a lot of people had problems with Abby, you know, or playing as Abby because they didn't want to feel the feelings yeah. that you play. They didn't want to get to know her. They didn't want to like her. You know, I don't know. I it's know. Uh, I, that's what it's I love such about a complicated it. Thing. I fucking it's complicated. I love it. It's a, it's a masterpiece because of that. So Ugh. I, I, I thank you for saying that. Cause I know yeah. that game was very divisive and I'm like, man, I, I feel like it has something really cool to say. Yeah. Divisive um, but, is good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Better and, than, you know, yeah. that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but whatever. Eric is right, though. We, I, I could, I have a billion other questions for you, but yeah, we could make uh, this we, the Ellie cast if you want, but let's not do that. Yeah, I, I, we, no, we, we, we need to focus on the king himself. We got yes. to. Yeah. So, Ashley, this is the point where we need your Stephen King origin story. So that's. Yes. You know, you know the show, uh, but for yeah. anybody who may be listening to this, we might have some first timers and there might be some like Last of Us fans that have never heard of Stephen King that are listening just because you're here. So <laughs> essentially what this question is, it's like, when did King first pop up on your radar as a like pop culture, like oh, yeah. the monolith that he is? And like what, you know, I also like finding out like what hooked you if you saw a movie, read a book, whatever it was that kind of made oh, you yeah. like Stephen King. Um, well, Stephen King was a very prominent fixture in my household. Hmm. Um, partly because my mom, um, it's her favorite author. So she's probably read every word that Stephen King has written twice over. And we probably, I've probably seen every Stephen King movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the ones that, you know, were in the theaters and my mom, <laughs> the first movie that I saw in the theater was Christine. Wow. And I was a brand new baby mm. um, because my mom, <laughs> I was born a few months prior and she, my dad was out of town and she didn't have a babysitter. So she took me, brand new child, mm-hmm. uh, my sister who's three and my brother who's six to go see the film. And from then on, we just saw every every Stephen King film, and my mom was always reading a book hmm. of his. And the first movies that I really remember, um, Misery, of course, mm-hmm. um, but I, as we're going to talk about today, The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> um, and oh, yes. upon rewatch last night, um, I hadn't watched it. In a minute, guys. And boy, oh boy, it's not great. <laughs> and I, I, you know, we had... Are you sure you watched the right movie? <laughs> you know, I I ended up watching the collector's edition, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, 11 hours and 27 minutes long. Oh, oh no, you watched uh, the director's cut one? Yeah, I did. I did. It was what? an this accident. Is, this, this is not the first time that this has happened. We had Joel McHale come on to talk about The Lawnmower oh, Man. And yes. he He didn't... <laughs> He like <laughs> spent half of the time where he's mentioning shit that we like isn't in the movie. We're like, like what, what the are you fuck talking is about? This guy do and then he mentioned that he's like, yeah, I had it, it was two and a half hours long, and I had to yes. go through like a whole bottle of wine, and it's just like, wait a minute, yeah. Watch the, just to be clear, we didn't ask you to watch the two and a half. No, hour you did version. not, and it was an accident because I just <laughs> I clicked on it and I was like, okay, let's just put it on, and I was like, damn, I don't remember this movie being so long. Like, how did we sit in the theater as kids watching this? But I remember being 
so scared when I saw it, which is so funny to me watching it now. Like <laughs> so many things, so many images still stuck in my head. And even just from the get go, the music is hilarious. It's <laughs> that, like in that 90s time, that like bouncy, jarring piano of like, and it's like establishing shot of the facility. And it's, yeah, I just, I, I found it hilarious. My favorite is- music cue in the movie is when there's a scene where like Brosnan is like fucking around in a lab or something, I think. And there's just this like wailing electric guitar. that's like, <laughs> like, and it's just, it's clearly just some guy fucking around on an electric guitar. There's oh, no yeah. melody to it or anything. <laughs> He's like, dude, I'm going to have such a good solo over this moment. <laughs> I'm killing it. Like, listen to my pedal right now. This is so good. Yeah, it was so, it, it's, but that was like the music of the time, which I think is so funny because it really pulls you out of a, of a, of a moment. But man, it's a funny movie. It is. <laughs> it's a funny movie. It, it is. It, it's it, hard not to be entertained. It's hard not to be entertained, and I really wished I I didn't read the short story, um, but I was looking it up <laughs> last night, and I was like, okay, so there's this has nothing to do with the movie outside of there being a lawnmower, like it's a man, a naked man that's hairy, and then he uh, eats, uh, and then he's very very fat man who okay. Yes. Who goes down on all fours uh, and psychically makes the lawnmower push in front of him okay. uh, and then eats all the the trimmings as it comes off of it. Like and including a moment where it runs over a gopher, I believe. And then oh. he eats all the uh, leftover go- gopher entrails and whatnot. As Much do. to the horror of the very Republican <laughs> asshole dude who's not <laughs> whose lawn he is. Uh, he, he is mowing. Wow. I gotta, you know, I hate to say this, but I've got to side with the Republican here. Okay. If I if okay. I saw this going on in my neighbor's backyard, I'd be like, I would have some judgments to level about the situation. Right. Okay. What you would know, first, you Yeah, go. W- what would I what? Well, how would you bring how would you broach the subject? Um I would probably poke my head up over the fence. <laughs> like, uh, like an episode like of Wilson in Home yes, Improvement. Yes. Yeah. And be like, hey neighbor. Just the top. Uh, what you doing? <laughs> like, what's all the, what's all this business about? I see. I notice you have no clothes on. You're eating grass. That that groundhog just exploded, and you stuffed its carcass into your face. Like, where does this end? And that's how I would end up in a in a, in, a, in the short story. The guy ends up in a a pile of meat in a bird bath. Uh-huh. Um, oh, for uh, disrupting the lawnmower man's. Um, so the virtual reality thing is nowhere in the story. Oh no, no not at all. Wow, the short story is like six pages long. Oh man, I wish I w- I should have read it before then. Um, and before and this. it's infused with all this insane like Greek mythology stuff that is never yep. explained. Okay, like it's, it's heavily implied that the lawnmower man is either pan himself or working for pan or something i think eric am i right on that oh you are correct yeah it's it, there's this whole like through line of uh of like old myst- mythological mysticism thing you know which is kind of the king special with these short stories where he'll just sure. clearly he was like reading a book on on ancient mythology or something and was like yeah this is really cool i'm going to fold this into the next thing i'm you know, I pump out in an afternoon and, and send off to, uh, you know, a magazine. <laughs> you know? God. Yeah. So 
what you're telling me is basically the movie has nothing to do with the short story. <laughs> Pretty much, there There's is a lawnmower man in, the in movie. it. There's a uh, lawnmower yeah. and a lawnmower man. There's, yeah. There's a sequence in the Lawnmower Man movie where you can clearly tell somebody was like, wait a minute, we need to use some of Stephen King in this fucking thing. And so there's like a sequence where the lawnmower like attacks somebody in a house. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and oh, that yeah. one, that's like the abusive dead. He, atta- yeah, yeah, like he attacks third. the random abusive dad that yes. like shows up of every once kid, in a while. Right. And you're yeah. like, it's okay if he dies by a lawnmower because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, that happened in the story and that's, that's oh it about did it. okay okay yeah. okay i mean but it wasn't like an abusive side character i think that in the story was just going after the angry republican dude so god it's so crazy yeah. it's also funny because they kept talking about the drug that they were giving to like the the psychosis drugs or whatever and it, they were nootropics which i think is yeah. funny because i feel like people take those now as like vitamins <laughs> I think they also misspelled it in the movie. They might have. Yeah, there's there's a lot Isn't of just... N-E-U tropics. Isn't that how you spell yes, that word? Yes, N-E-U tropics. Yeah, they're spelled N-O-O. New. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this will sound cool. Nobody really knows what it is anyway. Yeah, maybe it was a nonsense word back then. I, it could have been. And now now they're like, let's use that. Let, let's well, call this what that thing was in Lawnmower Man. These aren't your granddaddy's tropics. These are new tropics. (laughs) But we can't just spell it N-E-W. So we'll throw a double O on there and it'll throw people (laughs) off. This is actually like... What you're talking about is actually a great segue into... You know, I have have an argument I want to make on Mm. on this episode of the show. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I don't want to get to it quite yet. Okay. And and, and we we have one little bit of housekeeping. You're teasing it. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just the tip. And I want to just the tip. And I want to, um, you know, uh, one bit of housekeeping we do have to get through first is um, uh, would you mind telling the audience uh, what is the Lawnmower Man, the movie about? And and don't feel the need to go through like every scene, you know, but give it give us the broad strokes. Oh, boy. All right. The Lawnmower Man, I, I mean, this is tough because it's it's hard to try to describe it without getting <laughs> canceled prob- in the process. It's very right? problematic. <laughs> yes. Extremely. <laughs> um, and even the logline, when I read the logline, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you've got to be joking. Like, how, how is that it's okay? It's like, um, hold on, I don't want to butcher it, but it's something like. <laughs> you God, don't want to butcher that poetry yeah like god (laughs) made a a simple man and then science turned him into a god or something like that right yep that is the very unfortunate tagline yeah i mean it's i'm really bad at summaries but i guess lawnmower man is about uh a guy dr (laughs) lawrence angelo who is is on the the brink of of something great of building these monkey assassins i guess (laughs) sure (laughs) and turning them into machines to fight on the battlefields but he really loves this one monkey and this monkey goes crazy and kills everybody in the facility and then all of a sudden we meet joe babe smith who's job job uh he's um, did you say joe bay i think i did by accident i don't know why i just said that I don't know okay. why I just said that. That was. Let's not dwell on it. We let's can not move dwell ahead. on it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't um, happen. Didn't happen. 
Um, we'll edit it out. Eric, we're not editing that out. <laughs> yeah, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> so Job Smith, um, he's kind of looks like a dude from Williamsburg. He looks like Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Which, all right. I didn't put those together until watching this. And I'm like, wait just a second. Yeah. This makes all of the sense. <laughs> and I didn't I, I didn't pick up on that. And now I want to watch Tropic Thunder again. And, and um, we know Ben Stiller is a big King fan as well. He's like, option, oh, like a dozen things from King. It sounds like. And he's a. Uh, uh, he's going to be in a, a shining play playing Jack <gasps> Torrance, I believe. So, whoa, really? Yeah. Oh my God! Cool. In London. Oh man, yeah. we gotta go. Yeah, I wanted I'm sure to. You but, all are uh, going. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, a- yeah. Well, we have we have a huge budget on this show. Um, <laughs> we we can totally just fly yeah, over to you London. You and Brian will come out. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Me cool. And, yeah, me and Wampler. <laughs> we go opening night. Awesome. It. Yes, opening <laughs> night. Sorry, we can't even imagine. It's funny to even imagine us going to the owners of Fangoria and being like, "Hey." Listen, we need you to I book us idea. a flight to London and back to see a play. <laughs> I got We're a pitch for you. And we, we need orchestra seats for the opening night. <laughs> and a five-night stay because we can't just go Because, there you know, back. we got to be like working on it while we're there and interview everybody. <laughs> and we, um, we promised Ashley and Brian that they can come, so you must pay for them too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, the 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 gardener. I hate saying this, but it's what they call it the the simple minded gardener, mm-hmm. and just ugh. He is uh, clearly of a, a special needs person. Sure, yeah. yes, and how they treat sort of that throughout the film is so disturbing. <laughs> it's just like wow, how did we ever watch stuff like this back in the day? And it was just kind of it's what we were used to, which is. Just so weird for me to think about because you're like, wow, but whatever. That's a whole other. It was just mm-hmm. a, a tactless time. Absolutely. You know? Yes. And you're like, I can't believe they're 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 talking to him this way and how they're sort of the whole thing is very problematic. But um, yeah, so he he lives with a priest kind of sort of like in his <laughs> own shack. And then, you know, he's mowing lawns and then Dr. Angelo kind of takes him in and he's like hey put this vr thing on you're gonna become smarter and by seeing a bunch of symbols and stuff he does start to become smarter and then uh, he becomes god basically because he gets so smart and then he kind of goes a little bit off the rails gets stuck in a A machine and then at the end of the movie he calls everybody in the world I don't know. I just want to. I want to. I want to point this out. This is. This only happens very rarely on this show. Mm. Um, and I. I would have to sit and think about another example. Although I know it has happened, Mm. but it is. You know, speaking of surreality, um, uh, the voice of Ellie from The Last of Us recounting Mm. the plot of the Lawnmower Man (laughs) was not something I ever expected. You didn't have that on your bingo card today. I did not. I did not, and it was enchanting. Oh, thank I. It's really my specialty is um, is uh, summarizing films for for people. Um, Yeah, I there were so many so many interesting little things. I just. The the whole priest thing was so bizarre to me. Oof, and then yeah. his brother, the priest's brother, Terry, played by Jeffrey Lewis, so wonderful. He, mm-hmm. But Terry has an Irish accent. 
and the father <laughs> priest does not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I was like, wait, what What happened here? Like, what did one of them grow up in Ireland? I guess Terry grew up in Ireland and then the father did not, but they're brothers. I think Jeffrey Lewis just likes putting on accents because he was also yeah. in uh, Salem's Lot and oh, the Toby right. Hooper Salem's Lot. And he he co- goes, you know, fucking both barrels loaded for bear with uh, his main accent in that one. Yeah, uh, yes. And that has become slowly over the course of doing the show. I mean, listen, we've we've always loved Judd from from uh, Pet Cemetery's accent. Oh, right. Yes. But th- it's becoming a weird, I almost said fetish, but like, this is a kink of mine <laughs> watching all this stuff. I just love hearing people go fucking balls to the wall with their main oh, accents, yeah. rewatching all these Stephen King things. Oh my God. And a main accent is so hard. Like a- anytime <laughs> yeah. seeing those, I'm like, that is so tough. But I love when people just throw themselves in. They're like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, like how is- everyone thinks they can do a British accent. Exactly. And they absolutely can't. No. You know, I you can you could maybe approximate it, you know? Yeah. But if you're not delivering it dead on, it just sounds weird. As we oh, have found yeah. out on this show before when I've attempted to adopt a, a British accent. <laughs> yeah. Very in yeah, very actually, unfortunate circumstances. If you didn't listen to it, we did an episode with Patton Oswalt where uh <laughs> where where Wampler and, and Patton go just pretend to be British Bobbies for about four minutes straight. Oh, wow. just, it is the like I think they're trying to out bad accent each other and it just ends up t- like going well, all the way past bad into like awesome. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, my I, God. I think that's fair. I think it was awesome. Thank you for I, saying I agree. that. Yes. I mean, at least you you gave it a go, you know, and I think that's what's important. Yes. What did I know? say? I'm not scared to make an ass of myself. No, you're not scared <laughs> so, to make as long as yeah. you go pedal to the metal with it. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's the it's the passion. It's the pa- you know? yes, it's the passion. It's Speaking the passion which, that you throw in. Yes. Uh, this is a detour. Sorry. Okay. okay. But you were on TV in the 80s, 90s. Well, the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with a soap opera called Passions? Um, of course. Okay. I've got to tell you that I was only distantly aware of this thing and I'd sort of forgotten about it. And then I saw a tweet last night. Oh my God. That was like the full cast or something. And, you know, someone was like, if you know what this is, I respect you or something. And, uh, I was like, Oh, right. Because I noticed the little living doll boy. That was in it. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's right. right. I was like, I forgot about like 20 years ago. I heard about this. And, oh, and my just... God. And so, yeah, it is now my mission to see all 2000 plus episodes. There's that many passions. episodes. Dude, it ran for nine seasons every what? day, Monday through Friday for. Well, that's not that's not true. I mean, listen, we could go <laughs> deep on passions. I did a lot of research. Do we need to make a, a passions cast? Oh my fucking god! I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> just watch a, a all of passions, cast, and then just, just based on what I read, you could that show could go on for fucking ever. Oh there god. was I heard mention of orangutan nurses. Uh, Excuse uh, me. Tr- yeah, trips to trips to Oz. Fucking like all kinds of crazy shit, and I was like, well, yeah, this is something I need to. Um, You're like, oh, eating I need edibles this in my and life. watching like one episode per night for the oh rest my god, one hundred percent. How fun yeah. would that be? You're yeah. like, oh. this is just yeah. That sounds like that sounds like the greatest time ever. Yeah, 
If you I, Ashley, if you want to, if you want to uh, collaborate on on reignited passions, <laughs> I am I'm, there in yes, a heartbeat. Let's reignite our passion for passions. And <laughs> <laughs> the fucking the little doll's name was Timmy, and he used to drink martinis called Martimmies. That's another no thing I learned. Way. Are you shitting me? Are That's you amazing. Okay. Oh I've my this god. Track. Okay, I but, love this. I love yes. this. Yeah, okay, passions. So. Passions was I. I I, I don't I didn't really fully watch it. I mean, my mom watched a lot of soaps, but that was yeah, it was a whole other thing. But I remember it was like every a once genre in a while. soap it was a opera, genre. yeah, from what I can tell. And yeah, I grew up. My mom watched uh, all my children. Okay, know, okay. My mom so. was the bold and the beautiful and young and the restless. Oh. Mine was General Hospital, so we hey, were, we're our moms all the, covered all of it. We got to get these moms together. I'm telling you, they're going to be a fucking powder keg. Hey, let's have a moms cast. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> our podcast network is going to dominate. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Money in the bank, son. Well, actually, speaking of 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 genres, I actually in in I was getting confused. In bringing it back to Lawnmower Man, mm. I was confused by all of the moments where, okay, I actually love when when this is done in shows and things like that because it reminds me of like, you know, X Files when they would do the narrative diary thing, mm. and of like May 9th, here's what happened today, but it was so it confused me because all of a sudden it would become like this film noir thing with Pierce Brosnan where he'd be smoking and he's like, all right, here we're gonna talk about this thing and. It was. I was like, "Wait, what? 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 What kind of movie are you wanting to make here, bro? <laughs> like, there's so many things going on, and the smoking in bed. Oh mm. my god. Oh my god. When he pulls out the cigarette and he's just like, "Oh, I wake up, I can't sleep, and I'm just gonna start smoking." I was like, "Okay, this is this is something that that I haven't seen in a really long time." I lived with a girlfriend for many years. We were both smokers. Okay. I don't know if she still smokes. Um, I I quit. Good but, for you. Uh, we would we would smoke in the apartment, you okay. know, um, but never in bed. In bed, that's a whole other thing, you know, and particularly not when another person is asleep. Because if you're <laughs> asleep and you get blasted with some cigarette smoke, it's like having an ashtray thrown up your nose. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, like yeah. having a, an ashtray somewhere else in the house, or you're like, I, I, we grew up with that as like the age, you know, yeah. that we yeah. all are. But yeah, the smoking in bed, I was like, that is aggressive. That's an yeah, aggressive it, move. Yeah, the the wife is sort of presented as this kind of naggy character. Oh, she sucks. But but also, like, Pierce Brosnan sucks, too. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, he's hanging out in fucking khaki shorts with, like, high-pulled oh. socks, first of all. He's yeah. smoking in bed. He looks consistently sweaty. At he all has an earring. Always has, Oh, the earring. Yeah, the earring Beautiful is a lot. Beautiful touch. It's the earring is the earring is very prominent. They're both they both suck. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's there's no way uh no way around that. There's no way uh, around that. The women were definitely um <laughs> not uh, written very well. <laughs> no, no. Doesn't she like come downstairs? She comes down to like, the basement at some point. I wanted to go into town He's... this weekend, and you <laughs> yeah. didn't. You're not. Yeah, taking I wanted to go me. to the mall. He's like flailing around in this fucking VR setup, like. <laughs> Just looking at colored orbs on a screen. It's not even compelling. It's like, not. It's so fucking. It's there was there was another part that I thought was so funny when Job has the ha, when um the monkey 
goes mm-hmm. into his shack and then they find out where the monkey is and they're all standing out there with the guns ready to go. And it's all the people that are working on this project, all the people holding the guns know what's going on, know what the monkey is. And then <laughs> Dr. Angelo turns around and he's like, hey, it's just a little chimp, guys. Easy. And it's like nobody there agrees with you. They know that this is like a killing machine. Who are you talking to? It's a murder monkey. It's a murder monkey. And everybody knows that there. That's why they all have their guns up. And he's like, no, no, no. He's just a little, he's just a little kid, guys. Just, it's okay. It, it, it's like the, 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 ugh. It, it, it was so weird watching it again because I was like, I was obsessed with this movie. I, I, I want to ask you about it, Ashley, and this has come up on the show before. Okay. Is, uh, and when I say it's come up on the show before, I mean, I've injected it into the show repeatedly. Um, but uh, one of my dreams, which will never be achieved, is to own a little capuchin monkey. I would love to have them. I, I love monkeys. I would love to have a monkey in my house just the capering coolest. about, you yeah. know. Um, what are, what are, do you have any hard and fast opinions on monkeys, chimps, apes, what have you? I love them. I love them. Especially, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy animal person. I'm more of a dog person. Same, same. Love them. Like just give me all of the dogs. Um, mm-hmm. but I love animals cause I think they're so funny. Yeah. Like it, you know, and if we're talking monkeys, like if you've seen a DeBrazos monkeys monkey, like mm-hmm. they're hilarious. Their little faces are so ridiculous. Like totally. I, I, I'm an animal person. If would I you could own have, a monkey if you could? I 100% I would. Fuck 100% yes. 100% I would. Finally, someone who understands what I'm talking about. Yes. Around I here. mean, chimps, I feel like they've they've attacked so many people. Well, yeah. it's like you hear these stories of like, off. no, you don't want your face ripped off or like they've ripped a guy's balls off. Like that's a whole other thing mm, that makes no, me a little nervous. No, thank you. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, and what's even doubly crazy about that is talking about, you know, like, we're all around the same age, and growing up in the 80s, you couldn't go to the, a fucking, like, holiday weekend in a mall without there being somebody there with a f- chimp in a diaper that you, you'd you pay to <laughs> take a picture with, right? What? God, yeah. what a weird I've never been in a mall with a monkey, and I used to spend Ev- a lot of time in... What? I have so many pictures of, like, child me Wait, uh, with, with chimps. Wait, where did you grow up? In the Bay Area of California. And they would just have chimps in malls? They would. Well, it wouldn't be like they were just fucking like walking around or whatever. Well, sure. But it's like like you know, anytime it's- there was a special <laughs> event or the fucking like the, the local circus would come through or anything, there would always be that person where you pay five bucks. They'll take a, a Polaroid picture of of you with a chimp wearing a diaper. And uh, what? Uh, and they don't do that so much anymore. So, yeah. No. I'll have to no, dig out some don't. of these pictures. That I would don't be a think they did the that Twitter. so much ever. I think you had a particular mall that was very monkey friendly. Yes, I do too. My malls in the Bay Area were fucking crazy because they, they would always do these these signings with like TV and uh, stars and shit. And so like I met Screech from... <laughs> uh, I met Screech. I met... Uh, Dustin fucking, Diamond. Yeah, Dustin Diamond. Daniel right. Harris. The old I met. double oh, team. Wow, Daniel Harris, Topanga. Yeah, <laughs> that's not Topanga. Wait, no, no, no. Daniel Harris is from uh, uh, Halloween like four and five. She's like the Michael Myers. Oh my God. Wait, who am I? Why am I? Why did I do that? Wait, what is Topanga's name? Who's, uh, it's Danielle something. It's Danielle Fischel. 
That's what I did. Oh, there yeah. we go. The other she's Daniel. married to that guy that lied about finding shrimp in his cinnamon toast crunch. On oh Twitter. yes, Daniel Harris. Okay, I remember. Yes. Right, so, yeah. yeah. No. Granted, my malls might have been crazy, but it seemed like every time we take a trip, like my my mom and my stepdad got married in in Maui. Right, that was their thing. And when we went out there, I swear to fucking Christ, there was like some tourist trap thing where you could take a picture with with a, a fucking chimp there it just seemed what like maybe heck? maybe that's my like untold this is my forrest gump childhood <laughs> where i was just wandering from from uh, random uh chimp to random chimp but uh all that's from very frowned chimp. upon these days what are you, yeah, what it, was it, the what was the chimp wearing a diaper just a diaper just their diapers and you know this was also they didn't mind, even put them in like a pirate costume no or no 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 just Come a diaper being what, what happened to what happened to pageantry? I know yeah, th- we're this is the exploiting him. Let's go ahead and put him in a costume. I, I wanted <laughs> I wanted to see Lancelot Link, right? So just give me give me him in the in his detective outfit, you know? Let's go. No, but they strolled him out here like Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> Very upsetting. We got double yeah. Nick Nolte here today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, another thing that I thought was funny. Not funny, but I actually was like, actually, this would be cool. So there's a comic book shop and a diner that that Job goes to, and I was yeah. like, wait, that sounds amazing. Like, Which is I want to make an idea. Yeah. Like, you go to your comic book store, and then you get your comics, and you go sit down and have like a diner cup of coffee and some pancakes. Like, that's a dream. I don't think that town could have afforded to have two separate establishments. <laughs> yeah, fair. You yeah. know, they're lucky they got any amount of comic books. <laughs> yeah, they uh, had too much invested in the giant concrete science bunker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I love when, when he started getting smarter. He's like, oh, I don't read comics anymore. Because <laughs> the, the, the Austin O'Brien, the kid, he's mm-hmm. like, let's go pick out some comics. And he's like, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. And I'm like, well, just because you re- like read comics, that I don't know. That was well. A, this that... was a this was a different time, as evidenced by the fact sure. that Job himself, before going full lawnmower man, you know, is uh, seduced and roundly <laughs> banged by mm-hmm. the town Dude. Fuzzy, for mm-hmm. lack of a what better term. That whole part is what were they doing? And she was eyeballing yeah. him back when he was essentially the yes. you know child in a man's body too, which made it even creepier. Yeah, that's what so I'm creepy. talking about. I'm not talking yeah. about when he's smart. No, I'm talking about when yeah. he's simple Jack. Yeah, you know, when he's, like when he's simple Job, you're like, this is <laughs> she's fully taking advantage of this guy. Right. This is this is this is a little bit of rape. Yeah, just a, yeah, a smidge. But I mean, um, just a smidge, but I mean, he it that's that's tricky. That's tricky. A it's different a, time. It's, it's a different you know? time, and you know it's it's so funny how now you're like it's it's hard to talk about these things because this was such a. It's just funny watching movies from that time because yeah. it, it you're like oh wow things so many things have changed. Here's and, how I think they got there on that though because okay. I was uh, I rewatched uh, we've done three or four episodes on the lawnmower man I think maybe this is our fourth. <laughs> um, and uh, I will rewatch it the first time and then I don't think I did on the next two but the more important fact is that I have I'm pretty sure I have never seen this movie stone sober mm. and for obvious reasons and <laughs> so on this viewing I was like you know what I'm going to go in with a clear head and see what I think which is how I ended up Oof. with you know 
uh, actual notes on this on this movie, which we'll, we'll I, I promise we'll get to in a minute. I can't um, wait. But uh, her character, I realized like it, it does seem inexplicable. Like, first of all, why would they do that? Just on a on, on a moral level, you can answer that with this is how it was at the time. Right. Um, but more importantly, I think the answer is, well, they just really wanted a, a scene with the the burgeoning CGI sex in mm. it, you know? Yeah. And you I, couldn't, how else are you going to get there unless you introduce a character like that? Yeah. You could tell that they're like, this is going to be so fucking cool. Like, how cutting edge are we going to be that we're <laughs> going to have a cyber sex scene? They're both going to look like liquid metal, and then they're going to turn into a dragonfly. Yeah, and then what he's do you gonna think the dragonfly thing trap. is? I don't like I, fucking. I think that's. I think that in the virtual world is the representation of their two bodies fully locked. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> that is the right answer to that. Um, yeah. I man, it's. I mean, God. A, but a, she a is cyber like sex scene. Yeah, it's I guess kind they, of they like had to how get the, there. the priest is extraneous to the plot, but he serves as a red shirt, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, he's there to be killed. Um, she is more or less a red shirt, but she's there for, uh, you know, sex scene purposes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it. Ugh. Which yeah, is absolutely like, which is insane to watch now because you see the the graphics of it, you know, the, mm -hmm. the literal visual representation of it. And it looks like a screensaver from 1993. It, and it's it the least sexy thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's seeing the, seeing all of that. And I remember like so many of those visuals were still in my head. And when they popped up, I was like, Oh my God, like yeah. his, his big golden face at the end. <laughs> yep. And mm -hmm. like, the people turning into like <laughs> ping pong balls and then like right. dribbling and floating away. And then like yep. also the face when, when he goes to see the guy at the gas station and then he gets in his head and he's, he, he puts the, the, the visual in his brain of the yeah, guy the that has that? the mouth of the lawnmower blade. Yeah. Let me ask you, what is your interpretation of that scene? Like what has happened to that guy? Cause I, I came away on this viewing I'll just tell you straight up. This was the first time I remember seeing that that scene because usually when I watch the Lawnmower Man, by that time I'm like nine <laughs> drinks in. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. but this time I was like, what "Okay, like I have a theory on what's going on there." But what was your theory, Ash? I didn't have one. I didn't. I have think one. he's. I think he's turning him into, and this is problematic here. I think he's turning him into. Simple Job in that scene. Interesting. And the lawnmower man is like, like carving off, like it's the literal representation of his brain being mowed by a lawnmower. And he's oh. like, you are cursed to be like the, whatever he fucking says in that, in that moment, you know, you made so scene, much fun of me. Now you're yeah. going to turn, now you're going to be who I was. <clears throat> right. Basically. Which is even fucking crazier. And like, uh, you never see that character again, if no. I remember correctly. No. Um, but I think that's what happens. That's his. That's his fate. Yeah, which... I think. I think you're right. And it's also that that establishing shot of when he gets to the gas station and it's at night, 
and he's beautifully backlit and it's him in his like Tron suit and the lawnmower beside him. And it's like, wait, the lawnmower didn't do anything to this guy. He just, he just put it, he just, and then I, in my head, I'm like, okay. So he drives to the gas station. He has the lawnmower like in the back of his car. He takes the lawnmower out to go and scare this guy. Like the whole, like the logistically I was thinking about it and I was like, this is so funny. You know, like, you're assuming a lot. I'm here. assuming a lot. <laughs> that he drove. I, I yeah, think, he, he floated I think he there. he levitated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where I was going. He with magnetoed that. his ass over there. Yeah, he magnetoed the fucking <laughs> yeah, big he red. Magnetoed. Yeah. He magnetoed yeah. big red. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing is, is, God, it's just so, and I loved the line where when he goes to Dr. Angelo's basement and when he's like really getting into the neural net and Dr. Angelo's N-O-O. like, no, no, no. Yes. Neural net. And he's like, no, no, no. This is the first step of psychosis is a, thinking you're a God. And then Job just goes, cyber Christ. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> cyber Christ is risen. It's just like, it, it was so intense. He's like, oh yeah, I am a God. What do, you, what do you think communion is for the cyber Christ? Like, what do you, Ooh. you know, it can't be a wafer and, and wine. No, no, no. I'm thinking like a microchip and. <laughs> yeah, definitely a microchip. WD-40, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of the, uh, that works for me, a microchip and a, some WD-40. <laughs> yeah, <fair>. it's, pr- <laughs> it's, it's probably a semi-racist meme. <laughs> oh god um so so here i would like to introduce my okay. my new argument about the lawnmower man mm, yes right. please i'm ready for it <clears throat> okay so the the general opinion of this movie i would argue is that the lawnmower man has uh, the, the general consensus is that and this is true the Lawnmower Man, the movie, has very little to do with Stephen King and is, in fact, you know, uh, completely unlike a Stephen King thing. There was every yeah. reason for him to uh, take his name off this movie and be like, what oh, the yes. fuck are y'all doing? Uh, w- would you all agree with that? Oh, yes. absolutely. Yes. OK, so on this viewing, which was unlocked by my sobriety, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would I would like to point out that I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I have identified thirteen different characteristics of a Stephen King story or novel within this movie Whoa. that I think may reveal that the Lawnmower Man is way more of a Stephen King thing than we have ever previously believed. Mm. <gasps> what? Indeed, okay. there's Eric. actually some things that I wrote down. That we haven't oh, yeah. gotten to yet that I'm like, okay, this could be them sprinkling in Ooh. some king. Well, but some of go- them are admittedly obvious. Like the shop is a thing. Yes. That, shop, and the, right, and the right. shop is sort of on my list. Like that's something they put in there intentionally. That's a right. recurring thing in King stories that there's this shadowy government agency that's like doing experiments on people, what have you. Making little um, girls start fires and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does. In fact, feature a lawnmower man. So technically, yes, it there is a lawnmower man in this. <laughs> okay, but is I also that two have, down. That's two down. But I oh. have so many. More. You have thirteen. Yeah, let we me, need to hear me, all of it. 
Yeah, let me walk you through this list. Okay. Yes. Uh, small town setting. Mm-hmm. Shadowy government agency. Check. Evil oh. preacher. Mm-hmm. Town mm-hmm. bully character. Yeah. Yep. Problematic use of someone with special needs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nagging, nagging wife character. Check. Yeah. Possible genius whose scientific experiments unleash evil. <laughs> yes, Awkward grasp true. of technology on the part of who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Awkward sex scene. And I have in uh, uh, notation here for multiple. Multiple. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Abusive parent. Mind reading slash telekinesis. Main character with a drinking problem. We see Angelo mm. tipping back those Coors Golds left and right. Mm. Oh, yeah. So uh, is and, uh, brother brother Terry. They call him the mm-hmm. drunk. Yes. And finally, does in fact feature a lawnmower man. I submit to you <sighs> that the lawnmower man, perhaps even accidentally, is more of a Stephen King tale than we have previously realized. Hmm. Your thoughts? Oh, my God. <clears throat> I Very well uh, acknowledged and spotted. Uh, the courts disagree with you. Okay. Go on. <laughs> um <laughs> Not not my courts. The the courts that literally awarded Stephen King uh, millions of dollars in damages after they well courts uh, get things wrong all the time. I yeah this yeah, is like, this is yeah we know. But I mean that's, that's a lot of like it is. touchstones. It is that- and some some of it though is a little bit like well and then they use the word the sometimes you know what I mean. There, oh, there is a couple of one? broad strokes. Which one? And I'll strike it off the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the broader like there's a town, there's a bully in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like yeah, but then that would make Fast Times at Ridgemont High Stephen Kingy. Too. No, it you wouldn't know because I mean? it doesn't have the other twelve. I'm saying well, that this, the is a symphony, a this is a symphony. This is a symphony of mm. Stephen King tropes. You it know, is I, a, it I is like a where lot. you're going with it. I'm trying to pull it apart, and and it's proving more difficult. So maybe you're on to something. I yes. think I think you're on to something. It's 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 not the best one, but there might, there are some elements there that make it oh, certainly a little bit of king. There was also the the when the the priest is at the altar killing the ants. Like yes. there's ants all over the altar, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's a little bit of revival." Like I also put that, that in there. You did? Okay, okay, yes. Um, yeah, it was. I was like, "Oh, okay, well, this could be a nod to something because I know ants is like a, you know, those are they, they, it, they yeah, come up it'd be a lot." Revival by about twenty years, but yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. But but everything on my list could be attributed to a King story that took place before or was published before right. the lawnmower man came along. And that's why I didn't include it. Hmm. I can't believe this, but I kind of, I, I, I see where you're coming from and I don't disagree. Hmm. And here's I hate the, here's that the, I'm saying that. The, here's the prestige <laughs> on this. All right. I yes. think it was all accidental. Yes. Oh, yes. I do not I, believe totally. for a single second that <clears throat> this script was originally written uh, to be a lawnmower man adaptation. Oh no, I, yeah. you know, and I think we know that at a, yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, so I think yes, these are all King Hallmarks, but also we can't give full credit. See that yes. that one, you you have me in agreement there, like because I I think what I was getting caught up on is like trying to give the benefit of the doubt to the writers. Oh no, let's not do to that. Make this a, a, a king like no thing. no. Uh, but if if the argument is that there are some accidental touchstones in there, 
uh, a thousand percent agree with you. Like right. it's it's really hard to disagree with the and with some, the points that you some, made. I, yeah. I just want to add that you do mean thirteen or more. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Or it's more. a lot. There are a lot. There are a lot. Now br- true. bringing the I. This is this was a surprise to me. I didn't think that this is where you all were going either. to take this. And then I watched uh, uh, the Lawnmower Man when I wasn't rip snorting <laughs> drunk with like eight other people or or stoned out of my gourd, you know. And I was like, yep. oh shit. And also another thing I will add to this is this was my favorite viewing of the movie I've ever had. I kind of no liked way. it. Like it's I. This could be more that. You know, we've done this with Maximum Overdrive. When we started the show, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a giant piece of shit. I hate it. And then the more I watched it, I like, I think minute. it might be like a sort of Stockholm syndrome where okay. the more I'm experiencing it, the more open I am to it. But in this case, I really just think it was this is the first time I was truly paying attention to every frame of it. And and that that made a difference. It's it's still not. It's still a ridiculous movie, but yeah. I can imagine if I saw this in theaters at the time, I would have been like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember leaving the theater just like, holy cow, I've never seen anything like that before. Oh, my God. Just, you know, I, I feel like at the time, like those graphics were pretty cool. Yeah, it's what I mean, dates the movie so much now, but like yeah. you're right. Like at the time that that wasn't people weren't laughing in the theater going, "Oh, look at how stupid this was." People were yeah. like, "Oh, wow, this is the, the wave of the future." Yeah. This is what the future is going to look like. It it aid by the time it was out of theaters, it was already old. Uh yes. and and kind of campy, but for that brief moment, you know, it, in there, it actually was something that that uh one that's what they sold it on, you know, and yeah. that's why I think it had Whatever you know, box office mm-hmm. it had was because of that. That come see this new tech and the for for the first time on the big screen. There was another cameo that I didn't remember, um, which Dean was, Norris. Well, Dean Norris. I mm. mean, he was Talking so young. Like this, for what some was reason? the voice that he was doing? He's like, this is what an evil villain Hannibal sounds Lecture. like. I think oh. he's doing like a, a weird Hannibal Lecter thing or something. Yes. It's so weird because he looks so young, but at the same time, not. I don't know how that makes any sense. But <laughs> no. yeah. Um, Doug Hutchison, Percy of Green Mile. Really? He's one of the. Yeah, he is. Because I, oh, I hate it. that guy. I know. He's the worst. He sucks. Um, he. But God, he, he's a good actor. But boy, he. Um, where is not he? A, not a great man. No. Um, he is one of the, <laughs> to put it mildly. Or even a good one. Yeah. Um, he's one of the, it's just a very small part. He's like a techie nerd kind of towards the end um, that I think Tim's comes over to him and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on here? And he's like, ah, I'm breaking into the mainframe or whatever. Um, <laughs> he's credited as security tech. Security tech. Okay. Holy yeah, he, shit. Yeah. And oh, I was like, I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. So just to, you know, bring him into it because I I have a couple <laughs> of questions for you about okay. something. Ash. You you mentioned that you know, you saw this in the theater. You saw this in the theater with your mom, presumably. Yes. Yes. My whole family. Because we I mean, literally since Christine. Right. Being a brand, my first movie as as a brand new infant, mm. um, we watched every 
probably every Stephen King uh, film in the theater. So, and but I think Impressive. Lawnmower Man was was kind of the most. It's it's the first one that I really remember. Mm. Um, but you know, prior to that, I was you know I've read a bunch of King. So, The Dark Half, I was obsessed with that book as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. God, just all of it, and it, of course, made me scared of clowns and fridges. Sure, <laughs> right. Fair. Um, a fair response yeah, to that. But I'm taking I'm taking a detour. But yes. Yeah. So uh can you describe your experience of watching the lawnmower man sex scenes with your parents? <laughs> oh, and what man. age are you at this point? Okay, so that was it was ninety two, right? So I'm mm-hmm. nine. I'm nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nine and just well, I mean, what's also so disturbing, like my parents also took all of us to go see Howard Stern's private parts. And I think <laughs> okay. I was maybe 12 or whatever. Like my parents had no, we could watch anything. And I don't remember, I don't have any feelings of like embarrassment thinking about those sex scenes. Well, and certainly not. Them. No, I just, it was such like a normal thing in our house of just, we watched everything. But yeah, I, God, I think maybe because it was cyber sex and it was, oh, but God, the sex scene, though, with Job and, and, mm-hmm. and the woman. Yeah. The flu is <laughs> all shredded flu- and shirtless yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, where I'm like, and I remember at the time, like, I had a crush on him. Like, That I was remember, my next question. Yes, I did. And I, I, re- I consciously remember him being, like, one of my first crushes on screen. And that was another thing, like rewatching it, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this was that was that was interesting. Um but what was it about Job that attracted you? You know, I, I think Gotta I mean it is so uncomfortable to watch even now where it's like at the end when he's just like a cowboy and he's like all hot and his shirt is off. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it's with the belt buckle, the belt buckle, the huge extreme belt buckle. Like I, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I thought he was so cool. And then at the end when he's wearing like his awesome suit and he's just like, you know, just a God. And I think I just thought he was the coolest. You were also just, nine. I was also nine. I was also nine. So I wasn't right. between fully... him and Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I just I I yeah I did have a crush on him. I did. Well, that's something that we should spend the next ten minutes talking about. I think (laughs) you know that's 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 something for us to explore. Um, (laughs) Just the the sight gag of him in overalls with the straw hair. Like I'm I'm. I'm trying to narrow this down. Like what? I know. I was trying to narrow it down too. You were like, like later in the movie, Joe. I mean, yes. Versus I, the yes. overalls era. Yeah, Joe. I just I I think in thinking back on the movie, I don't. I think I I didn't fully remember pre Job, prior to VR. Uh huh. And. I think I, I just like I forgot what the full story was. And right. but I think, you know, Jeff Fahey is a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. So I think 
I think probably just as a kid, just seeing those beautiful baby blues, you know. His I, eyes are huge. His in eyes are movie. huge yeah. and they're so intense and so, you know, and also the way that they light him and his hair. And I think, yeah, it just, I, I, I think he just, he just stuck with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't Austin know. I don't, you, can, you can go fuck right off. You can. I mean, you can just get out of here. Austin. But when you're a kid, like even when I was a kid, I wasn't. Well, maybe Christina Ricci. No. Like when I was at, when I was oh, a kid, man. I had a Brian crush Christina on. Ricci. Yeah, she I, like she was my age, but y- oh. you would when watch movies. Adam, Christina Ricci. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Adam's yeah. Family Values oh, was dude. one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh lord. Fucking David Crumholtz oh. getting in, so but also in there, getting in the way between all- me and my love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also at that age, like I also had a jo- uh, crush on Joan Cusack. Oh yeah. my god! You know what yes. I mean? Like you're always aiming above your That's age true. level. Yes. At, at, at that period in your life, well, Jennifer Connelly like, and Labyrinth or whatnot. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, yeah. but it's it's how like the 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 media presented it to you. It's like, oh, this it's is true. the hot person in the movie, and then you're like, oh yeah, of course, of course, I I can tell, I can see it. I just it was fascinating watching this again. Yeah. Because it's just I thinking about how scared I was and. Also, like with the visuals, they kind of reminded me of those things that we would look at where like if you cross your eyes, another picture comes out. <laughs> like the magic eye posters? Yeah. So <laughs> it, like some of it looked like that where I was like, oh, man, this is it's it made me a little nostalgic because I was like, I. That was a good time in life, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I you know, it was pre. Internet kind of. Mm-hmm. Wait. I mean, at least as much as yeah, as it was. We yeah. use it now, you know. It's, oh, for sure. And I, I yeah, I just it, it made me a little nostalgic. Well, and you know, that's that's a point to to bring up is like watching this is such a a time capsule because it is yeah. in that moment before, like America Online, like actually got Dude. us on the internet, you know, on uh, yep. uh, mass. And like my grandparents were super ahead of the curve on on technology. Like they were really early adopters on stuff. So it's like they had, I remember they had the first car phone I ever saw, but it was one no of those, way. those giant, like, uh, they look like fucking Vietnam phones oh, or yeah, whatever that, yeah. that you plug into the car lighter to, to charge or whatever. Whoa. Um, so like, I remember they had that, and but like the first time I ever went on the internet was they was online at, you know, with their computer cause they had a computer that could handle that, you know? Wow. It was, uh, and that was mid, yeah, it was about 93, 94. Yeah, like mid 90s. Yeah. But like, mm. I remember, but the internet as we know it didn't really start to show its head until a couple of years later because I remember it was, um, I'll always associate it with Mars Attacks because I remember that's the first movie trailer I downloaded. Oh, uh, no way. And, and it took like six hours and it was the size of a, of a postage stamp. <laughs> yeah. And it was so blocked. Apple QuickTime trailers. Yeah. Yes. And you couldn't tell what was going on in it, like really, because it was so artifacty. But wow. like, I remember thinking that was the fucking coolest thing. Oh my God, I can watch a movie trailer right now. Oh, well, I mean, in six hours after I click on it. And it's in <laughs> 120p. Yeah. <laughs> And it looks terrible. Man, yeah. it's it it thinking about, you know, knowing that we're all kind of the same age, just thinking about that like the internet was created during our time of being alive. Yeah. And that we know life before it and now after it. And how right. fast technology moves. It's just like what we've 
what it's turned into since then. And right. it's, I mean, life is so different because of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I vividly remember when the first iPhone came out and, uh, now it's like, can you imagine a world without smartphones? And it's like, uh, but when the first iPhone came out, I went, uh, it's a video game story. I went to go see, uh, to visit um, uh, the makers of Halo with my friend Bernie Burns, who was at Rooster Teeth. Wow. Uh, and he invited me to come along to v- like play Halo 3 before it came out. Oh, and wow. uh, and I was so excited. I was a big Halo fan. So I was I went with him and he had just gotten the iPhone and we went to Seattle, uh, you know, this giant tech place. Right. And we went out to eat the night that we got in and he had an iPhone and nobody else did. Oh my and God. we had people three or four tables away would come up and like ask him about it. And the wait, no the way. waiter was super fascinated by it. It was like insane when you think about it, like wow. just how this was like, oh my God, it's like he got a, you know, Model T or something, right? You oh, know? yeah. It's like, what is Man. this thing? Yeah, it's, it's, and that's the thing. It's like, and I'm sure you guys get this too, where watching movies, even from a few years ago, and then you're like, man, that, I thought that looked so good. But, mm. you know, how VFX and how so many things have, have, the technology has just gone so fast. And even just right. like a couple years ago, you're like, yeah. man, that, that, it looks even so much better. Like, I don't know what the future, how it can look in any better than it does now. But I feel like I, I thought that as a kid watching Lawnmower Man, no. where it was just like, how did they do this? Yep. Well, it'll be AI and it'll be deep. It'll things. be AI. Yes. <laughs> it'll be like, <clears throat> you know, some variation on that. And I think we're probably not that far out from like legit photorealistic video games. Oh, yeah. Oh, for and- sure. And and just while we're on the topic of, of video games again, um, <clears throat> it's weird. Like, as we've been leading up to this episode or recording it, uh, in my mind, I kept thinking, well, it makes sense that Ashley would be doing uh, Lawnmower Man. <laughs> and she's from The Last of Us because they're both video game things. Yeah. But Lawnmower Man isn't a video game. No. <clears throat> I mean, it is. But it came after the movie. You know, it's not based on a video game. But I think of the Lawnmower Man kind of like a video game movie. And I think it's because I, yeah. of all that all that CGI in it. Oh yeah. The VR, the the mm-hmm. the just Yeah, the virtual reality, which at that time was such a crazy concept. And it's have like, you have you spent a lot of time in VR? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. What do you and think I, of it? I like it. I I think it it feels like it's it's not fully there yet. There yet yeah. because it's it's the idea of of what it is and what we've seen VR to look like in film where it, it in movies it's so immersive. Mm. And I think it's it's not fully that yet. Um but you know, there's there's really fun games like Super Hot is super is no super, super hot super. I was gonna say super hot super fun. Yeah, super hot is super fun. Um, and there's that game where it's like you're you're. I mean, the graphics are very primitive, but it's super fun where you're like a, have a bow and arrow and you're like blowing out balloons or something. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, played- I mean, there's some. You know what I do think works really well in VR is horror. Mm, oh yes. yeah because that's it, it having the headphones on having the headset and you're like i it's scary 
Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. And it's uh, I have a friend that just got the new PlayStation VR mm-hmm. and he's singing the praises like he's like over the moon about it. And he's he's talking about playing uh, the last Resident Evil game in VR, which you fuck can. off. Oh, no way. This. And no. he said he got 20 minutes in and was having no. like a legit panic attack yeah. about it. Well, I, I heard I, that I about couldn't. the last Resident Evil game. And in, in in fact, I was I was gonna try it because um, you know, I'm moving soon and I'm moving in with someone who has VR, apparently. Nice. And uh on my list of things to attempt was uh uh Resident Evil, I guess seven, Biohazard. Is that seven or is the new one seven? I've I, lost count. I, I I've lost count, but I, I those games yeah. scare me too bad. I can't I can't do yeah, horror games. I I think it would be insanely overwhelming. Um, Ashley, do you have any recommendations as far as as horror VR games go? Boy, I haven't played enough of them. I I sure. just because I I don't play a ton of horror games because they scare me. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's usually like the type of games that I like to play or are. I like puzzle games like Portal, of course, and, yeah. you know, open world, Dragon Age, Skyrim, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, horror games are a whole other. And I there was one game that I, I played on VR, and, it, and I think it was like a very early game that they had put out. And I think it was only like 20 minutes. And I can't think of what it was called, but it was terrifying. Like when you put the headphones on and you're just, it's like you're working your way through this basement and then there's a creature that you find at the end, but you've got to run away from it. And the creaking of the house. And Mm. it's, I feel like that's where VR can really excel is, is kind of toying with your senses. Mm. Um, And also, sound is such a huge thing of like the surround sound in it and you turn around because it feels so real mm-hmm. like i i it's it's close but yeah, i i think it, i think we're not fully there yet mm-hmm. but i think maybe we will i don't know but it's also hard to wear those things like i feel like yeah, you can get a little the, bit of a headache yeah that's that's the that's the big thing it's the same reason why 3d has has had all these resurgences and then they die down until yeah. they can figure out how to do it without the glasses. I just don't see it uh, taking on. And it's the same thing with the, with the VR headset. And I, you know, I don't know what the answer is there, you know, but uh, it's just so you need so much room you to, to do it. So you're not like, I, I played a VR game during lockdown. It was one of the things that kept me sane was this game called echo on the quest. Oh, I've heard uh, about this. I haven't played like, it, but like a, yeah, it's like Ender's Game, but if you're cool. using all, all your characters, like all the characters in there look like, you know, the lawnmower man, you know, <laughs> renders of people, essentially. Uh, but you throw around like a Tron disc and it's you have to get it through a goal, you know, and you're, oh, it's fun. all zero gravity. And uh, uh, and so you have a booster, like all the stuff. It was crazy fun. But even then, I have a pretty big living room and I like cleared everything out and I still <laughs> ended up punching the wall a couple oh, of times. Yeah. You know, throwing, because it, you really do stuff. actually lose sense of your space oh, for sure. after some time being in it. There was a, a, there's a line in The Lawnmower Man that I thought was yes. so funny where he says, I think it's Dr. Angelo, um, VR holds the key to the evolution of the human mind. Mm. And I was like, that is not true. <laughs> At least <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, it's regressive, if anything. It's, yeah, I was like, I don't know if that's that's true. Yeah, I mean, and you know, metaverse and all of everything else. I mean, it's, it's the idea of it is 
I, I feel like the future, the futuristic thing of VR is not as much of a thing anymore where you're yeah. like, I don't know. I, maybe just because we, we haven't fully seen it to its full potential yet. Yeah. It um, might hit a, a point where you, it's just undeniable where yeah. it becomes, it has to be that iPhone yes. point though, where it just is ease of use and uh, you experience it or look at it and go, I can't see my life without this. So exactly. I don't know if VR is going to hit that, but I don't uh, know, I, I do, I know. I, it will. It absolutely will. I hope there's, it does. There's no fucking way. I mean, the iPhone, we could not think back to 1999 or 2000 when you had like a fucking flip razor phone. Yep. You know, and you had snake. That was like the most Oh my God! Look at it. you know I can play games on this thing. It's called Snake. Oh my God, you know? Snake! Yeah. So and having no to doubt. like text on a f- you're texting the numbers. The numbers, yeah. Like yeah. you're like okay, you have to hit the button a few times to get to the last letter of that number. Where it's like in your flip phone and it takes forever to text somebody and you're like hello man no yeah. here we go. <laughs> oh my God! I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, it's a our it's, past is embarrassing. Like what? <laughs> You know, you know, like, like that's a rotary texting. Yes. is what you're talking about. Exactly, that's rotary texting. Yeah, we oh had rotary God. texting. We had crushes on Jeff Fahey. There's a lot yes. of things we don't want to talk about. There's a lot we don't <laughs> want to talk about. There's, there's just looking back on this, it's, it just brings up a lot of problems and yeah. issues. But a, a few you know. years ago, like this would have been four or five years ago, I guess. My dad was always, you know, my dad's kind of a tech nerd. He uh, he grew up in that industry and, you know, y'all were talking about America Online earlier. We had Prodigy, which, <laughs> you know, that was like deep nerd shit. That was but, deep nerd. Yeah. Um, we had Prodigy before America Online. He was, you know, we were always like sort of on the shit in our household was sort of on the bleeding edge of whatever tech was because he was, you know, again, a tech nerd. Um. So it didn't surprise me when like four or five years ago or something, we did like a like a family reunion kind of thing. Uh, he rented a huge fucking place out in uh, Wemberley, Texas, and uh, we we all stayed there for a long weekend. And he brought along he had the fucking whatever the current model of VR was at that time. Whoa. I was like, How, why do you have a VR headset? You're an old man. You're old enough to be my wow. father. Like, what are you doing wearing this? He's like, ah, well, I was curious about it. And, you know, the grandkids and such and such. Wow. Um, and I played uh, Skyrim in VR and that thing. Mm-hmm. How it was, was so, that? I thought it was wildly unimpressive. It really? looked like, okay. yeah, it was like, you know, it dominated your field of vision, but it was still essentially 2D. You yeah. know, I didn't feel yeah. like I was in Skyrim. I felt like yeah. I was just had a thing strapped to my head and was flailing around a living room like an asshole. Yeah. And the screen is just extremely close. It's not yeah. necessarily your your part of it. Totally not convincing. In any yeah. Way. But wow. that was four or five years ago. So I'd be I'm very, very curious to find out like what it looks like now. I'm willing to bet it is still not there. And I'm willing to bet we are five years off from, yeah. you know, full mm. immersion. I would, you know, I it's would just, agree with you. Yeah. We just need these video game companies to like double down on it ver- versus yeah. all these tech bros that are keep trying to turn VR into like a new way to go, go to work. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, of course, metaverse is failing. Cause it's just like, now you can take a virtual meeting with an avatar. It's like new fucking 
who wants to do that? You know, yeah. like Zoom meetings already suck. Like I yeah. don't it, also want to wear something on my face. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. make a Zoom meeting, but you get a migraine after you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll wear something really heavy on your head for the whole day. Yeah. It's a, that's a, that's a tough gig, man. I would love for it to be something, you know, what the science fiction movies make of VR. And maybe right. one day we'll get there. I'll bet you that Naughty Dog does a VR version of Last of Us at some Dude, point. Dude, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it would in. be frantic, first of oh, all. Oh, my God. So stressful. Um, yeah, I, I'm already you... preparing myself for, for that eventuality and, and just watching Joel get ripped apart every time I fail to fucking <laughs> aim correctly. <laughs> just like, yep, gonna see that bloater head rip about eight times before I figure this, this hand-eye coordination shit out. <laughs> oh, man. So wild. I would play it. I'd play it. Yeah. I'd play it. I'd give it a go. Why Did not? I hear a dog barking in the background? Yeah, that's this... my neighbor's dog. Okay, I was getting excited that you might, somebody... It might be one of your pets. Oh, no. Scott has a dog. I, I have a, a nice sleeping cat next to me that's oh, very quiet. How so. wonderful. Yeah, I'm allergic to cats, so I can't fuck with those. But well, Yeah, Scott had to stay over for a couple of days. Uh, Were you dying? Yours wasn't, yours year? wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always it, feel bad because I have a lot of friends that have allergies, and when they come over, it's just... it's You can tell within like 30 minutes, the redness starts popping. <laughs> yeah. right. The red and, eyes, the runny nose. And, and I, got a, I got a lady friend that I, I stayed over at her house some uh, uh, recently, and mm. uh, she has two cats uh, named Bear and Mop, which is uh-huh. adorable. What great names. Yeah, right? Um, and they are... I don't know. They like swarm me when I come. I think uh, I'm I'm a huge animal guy, you know, okay. and I think animals can sense when the yeah. person is an animal person. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the cats kind of swarm me and I'm like, I can't fucking touch them because then if I touch my face, my eyeballs You're done. are going to swell up like meteors <laughs> in mm-hmm. my skull. And uh, but, but I feel like over, they're so cute. I, I've been over there plenty and I don't you know, I don't get the same reaction as when. We many years ago, I had and I think I might have mentioned this on the show once before, but uh, I, I lived with a girlfriend and uh, she wanted her to get a cat. And I was like, I, we can't get a cat. I'm allergic. And then one day she just came home with a cat and was like, we have oh. a cat now. And I was like, but I'm allergic. And she's like, we have a cat now. <laughs> and no. I was like, oh, um, <laughs> all right, because I'm not going to kick. that. Like, what am I going to yeah, do? Yeah, you can't at that just. Point? Yeah. Yeah. She called my bluff and I was it took months to sort of like get calmed down with that cat in terms of allergies. Oh, no. You know, um, and did you ever end up like to balancing with. out? Well, we split up, but okay, I, or there's that. That's um, one way to, to not to over not... the cat. right? <laughs> no, yeah, not over the cat. No, that that cat. Is this the cat that punched you in the face all the time? Yeah. Red rum. His yeah. name was Red Rum. His name was Red Rum? His name was Red Rum. He was fucking, I shit you not, like this cat was like a small panther. A I don't demon. know where she got it or where it came from or how it crash landed on Earth, but it was not of our world. And it was, uh, I would estimate it was over 20 pounds, oh uh, large. And we had a That's walk-in massive. closet with like, shelves built uh in the walls like you know you would walk in and then there was like a row of shelves right there and you would put your fucking whatever you wanted in there and red rum what he liked to do was like hide in the closet 
And then, you know, we'd be getting ready for work or something. And I'd be like, oh, it's time to put on my fucking, you know, I was a I was a bartender. I would have like a work shirt that I had to wear. And I'd go in there to get a work shirt and walk in the door. And I would suddenly feel like, bam, right in the side of the face, like a a furry (laughs) fist. And it would sit. What it was doing was sitting right inside the door of the uh, closet on one of those shelves and would just hit you in the face when you came in. It was the most aggressive cat I have ever met in my life. Oh, he sounds amazing. Yeah, I loved him. Um, <laughs> you know, a real I, asshole. But you got to respect it. Yeah. Right. Uh, did, Scott, did you ever consider that Red Rum potentially escaped a scientist that was giving him brain uh, I did project, consider project that. Five? and training him via VR to uh, yes. become smarter? <laughs> yes. Or, I, and or a murder cat slash chimp? Yes. I considered all of Shadow government was training and, it? And I think you're right. Because there's no other explanation for whatever for sure. the fuck was going on with that cat. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I, to this day, I have no idea what happened to that cat. Mm. Like we broke up, and then it like, uh, I th- I think I retained. What was it? I think I had ownership of it for a while. Oh wow! Oh, you know what it was? Uh, a friend of mine adopted it, and then after like four weeks, he was like. <laughs> Hey, what is the deal with this cat? And I was like, I fucking <laughs> warned you ahead of time. He's like, well, I'm going to give man, it to this other couple it. that I'm friends with and they have more space, you know? And I was like, is it hiding in your closet and punching you in the face? And he was like, yes. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And so, uh, so yeah, it became some other couple's issue that, you know, it traded hands. You know, I, I couldn't <laughs> keep, you, I couldn't around this cat, like, like a, pro, a problematic <laughs> fucking foster kid. Yeah, basically. From, yeah. From it's like, I don't basically. know, man. I, mean, I, I really like that cat, but around that time, I think I had to move back home after the breakup and right. they had a dog and they didn't want a cat in there. And it was like, it was sad, but you know, the relationship ending was more sad. And, you know, I just, you know, I'm not trying to be heartless to a cat. It was just, well, yeah, but you know, the circumstances. Red Room right. sounds like it had a little bit of a screw loose, which sometimes yeah, those are like I would say really so. fun animals. It hit me in the face every day before work <laughs> yeah. for fucking like two years. But just, he loves just that a little shit. like he loves me. Yeah, get, get, I don't get care your if he loves card, me. He was, just a, he was a little rapscallion, <laughs> and I like a rapscallion. Yeah, you rapscallion, know? like a little rascal of a pet when they've got yeah. a little bit of a t- attitude. Kind of yeah, love it. An abusive cat. I like you an ran abusive into a door frame, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one final thing I would like to touch on in terms of the lawnmower man, and yes. then we will wrap this up. Is um, there is you know between the priest. And the fact that Job is Jobe, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, we see early on he is like he has like a makeshift crucifix mm. made out of it, like part of an engine block and some parts with a Jesus on it. Um, and then you know there's that scene at the end where Job appears as sort of a Christ-like figure standing in the pews overlooking this preacher yes um he he crucifies dr angelo as i call him d'angelo um (laughs) uh in in the virtual world at the Mm -hmm. end like what do we make of the christian symbolism in this movie i was wondering that too because i i feel like because i did i i thought maybe that would be because i feel like sometimes stephen king brings in 
religion sometimes. Totally. And so I was like, oh, maybe this was part of the, maybe this was part of the, the story, but <laughs> it was not. <laughs> no. They no, just put that in other. there of like, and maybe that could have been Different another dots. another thing, uh, another sort of, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking of revival most recently, but yeah, sure. it, that was a weird, that whole, like that didn't really make much sense to me. But well, I, yeah, I mean, the fact that his name's Job in, you know, yeah, to, that's I another mean, thing. Yes. I mean, obviously they're going for something. I mean, I guess with him becoming the god of the virtual world, maybe that's the parallel they're trying yeah. to trying to I, make there. Yeah. And he does call himself a cyber Christ. I mean, it's like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, is, he's drinking his own Kool-Aid. Like he's for sure yep. into it. And then, yeah, when he sets the 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 father on fire. Like the the yellow sprinkles. It's like a weird. What the fuck sort was of... that? I couldn't tell. Like, <laughs> that was, was weird. it? Is the is the implication that he is killing him with like CGI powers within the real world because it's so clearly like that's not what fire it's so clearly looks like. CGI. Where yeah, okay. I was wondering the same thing. I was like, is this is this supposed to be fire? <laughs> or is and it, it supposed doesn't look to, like it? Yeah. Or is it supposed to look like that because he's like, this is what my destruction looks like? It looks Bethany, like your answer. Is it supposed to be fire? It is supposed to be. <laughs> I think. <laughs> is it I, the, the fact that fire? I can't just say, of course, it's supposed to be fire means that it probably isn't, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the only thing, and and later when he kills all of the other guys and they turn into the, like the to ping dots. pongs to dots. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, dots, maybe this they is turn just, into yeah, they turn into Dippin' Dots. He's bringing the cyber world into the real world. Yeah, that's I my... think that's what it is. Yeah. Because it's not like we hadn't seen somebody catch fire in films up until that point where mm. it looked like that. Right. I think I think you're right. I think it's a, he's like, I'm bringing in the cyber world into the real world. Yeah, that, that's it. It's virtual fire. It's a virtual fire. Wow. Mm. How Bestie, deep. do you? Do you have any thoughts on the religion? The, uh, yeah, the religion aspect. No, I mean, other than the fact that, you know, by naming him Job and having all the Christ imagery in there, I think it's it's so muddled. But I obviously the I think yeah. they're going towards that whole, you know, cyber Christ angle where, you know, and at the end, he, you know, he's desperately looking to get out from the trap that they've set. And then he succeeds right mm-hmm. so he weirdly kind of becomes this etheric you know a uh, holy spirit you know a virtual holy spirit where he is in everything and everywhere and uh, uh you know i don't know if that quite tracks and that they've done all their mm-hmm. uh, eye dotting and <laughs> due diligence to get to that point but i think that that's probably what what they were thinking because i mean obviously when you go back to the short story you know, there's no Jesusy stuff in there. Far from it. It's it's actually way older. The opposite. Than, wow. Yeah, that they're that they're talking about. They're like, well, so, we got to I mean, put something in there. Yeah. You no. Know, I mean, I, yeah, that was it. Was muddled. It was a bit it's muddled. A, it's a strong uh, Christian through line that I don't. I don't know what part it plays in this <laughs> movie. And yeah, like I get, I you know, I guess the symbolism of him becoming like a new god. But that's the only that's the only thing I could think of, too. Very, very tenuous. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the beginning, he's saying his prayers. He's very he's a diligent servant Mm -hmm. and then sort of turns into 
getting no, wait, whipped. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, and he because he's he's so much older, and then it was just like, wait, why is this priest so mean? <laughs> like, it, oh, God, it was so bizarre. Yeah, and it shot centrally, too, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it's a little Yeah, it makes ironic. you uncomfortable. It's, it is. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, there's the, the film, and, and every and time. this is before Spotlight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> it's like the, every time that Pierce Brosnan slash Dr. Angelo is in the VR machine, he makes the weirdest moaning noises. Where it's like when when you play games, like you don't make those noises. What are you doing? That's like he, true. It, it, he, and I was just like, wow. He it, waves his so, arms around and he's like, he waves his uh, arms around you. Yeah. And I'm like, and why are you like, moaning? They're not even like full moans. It's like, no, he's just, I don't know. I feel I like it was like the direction know. was like, we can't just have you being silent you know, on screen and just moving your hands around. Like we need, <laughs> we need something. So make some noises or it was just, God, I what, have a, a, question what a masterpiece. <laughs> it is it's a masterpiece. I have a question as a performer. What do you think he, was he seeing anything or was he just completely blind in those moments? Did they just throw those things on his head? Do you think they put anything in there imagine... or was he just like have a giant blindfold on? I imagine he probably just had a blindfold on. I mean, especially <laughs> during that time, I don't think right. right there would have been anything to sort of right. put in there. I think he was just imagining what it would be, you know. You know I, and obviously, the gamer that is uh, a few years away from being James Bond was would knew the sounds that you make when you play Tetris or oh, Super yes. Mario Brothers at that point. You know, I mean, we all do Double that. Dragon. Oh yeah, I wonder Those if are the sounds I make when I play Double Dragon. I wonder if Pierce Brosnan has played Goldeneye. Oh my god! Dude. I know. He, I think that somebody, some talk show, had him do it like in the last like five years or so. I, I think it was like one of the late night shows or something had him mm-hmm. actually do it, and he was really terrible at it, if I remember correctly. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been downloading some older games that I played on my Steam account, and I just downloaded Quake. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, which I hadn't played in so long. I was like, man, this is I. I and then watching this film this week, I'm like. I'm going back. I'm going back in the cut. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be like revisiting Lawnmower Man. Probably. It's like Fallout Three is my favorite game of all time, and the last time I, I went to go, to go play it, it was just like, oh my god, it feels like I'm, I'm playing Pong. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that it's, that? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like you go yeah. back just a little bit, and you're like, wow, this is so. We've moved on so much from this. I have it's a lot insane. of trouble going back to old games because yeah. of that. Like even games I love dearly, it's like. It's it's hard to readjust. It is, you know, but but I can go back and play like, you know, ancient shit, right. and you know, sixteen bit stuff, and the, there's like sort that of feels a gimmick. Different. Yeah, yeah, there's sort of a gimmick to it. It feels yes. like you know, you're, I don't know, you're revisiting a, a your childhood versus playing, yeah. I don't fucking know, like Battlefield Three. Yeah, because I feel like now. those kind of like 16-bit games and things like that, like you played in an arcade. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't at home on your couch or, I mean, I didn't. Um, You know, you go somewhere, you put your quarter in, you play and people are watching and it that's such a different vibe. Totally. Yeah. Well, Man. I think we have reached the natural conclusion 
of our lawnmower man <laughs> discussion. Um, Which uh, this discussion has not gone as long as the director's cut, but it might have surpassed the theatrical <laughs> cut. We, yeah, we might and, have hit that benchmark. And we we hit this running time without treading over too much ground that we've covered before. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, that's um, good. Very well, that's really good. That's really yeah, good. Very encouraged by that. Uh, Ashley, um, where can people find you? What are you working on next? What do you want to promote? This is your oh, wow. your chance to Okay. Um uh well I I I I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> this is off to a good start, and I'm telling you where not to find me. Um, Smart. <laughs> um I am on Instagram at Ashley the Johnson. Um things to promote, boy. Um uh an animated series that I produced the second season mm-hmm. just came out on Amazon called the legends of Vox Machina. Um, currently just working in the writer's room on another show that um, my friends and I are our production company critical role. We um, are sort of working on some other things and I've been very much enjoying kind of being behind the camera for a while. You have a writer's room at Critical Role? We do because we have, we are, we actually just announced a little bit ago our second campaign that we did. Um, we are also turning that into an animated series. I so, saw. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you. Shit. Nice. So we've been doing that and um, it's been so fun just kind of sitting in the room and, and just figuring out how to take our, our, RPG and and make it into a show. And this is a very this one has a very different vibe and um I'm really excited. It's going to nice. be fun. So yeah, so I I you're not going to see me anywhere. I mean other than if you like watching Critical Role on Thursday nights, us playing D&D yeah. for way yeah. too many hours. Um but other than that, I'm just kind of um having a good time being behind the scenes. Right on. Yeah, we'll so, have to hit hit you up for some uh, some uh, uh, tabletop RPG questions because we have our yes. own little burgeoning uh, <gasps> show uh, called heard. Shelbyville, which we've uh, are deep into the next season of, and this is the first time that Wampler and I have dipped our toes really into this world, and we what do you fell think? Head over heels for it. Oh, it's, it's a fucking best. blast! Isn't it's it a so blast. Fun? We have a, we have feel... a great GM. Oh. We have we have an awesome team. It's me, Eric, and. Uh, Best-selling author, Ms. Mallory O'Mara. She's oh. a good, great friend of mine. Um, How fun. It is mm. in-fucking-credible. It's based on kids on bikes. Oh, the best. That system, yeah. And so yeah. we, we decided we were, it's system. all Stephen King connected at the beginning. We're like, we're going to make our own like Stephen King interconnected RPG oh thing. God. And maybe some people like it now. Like, I, And weirdly enough, I think that the fans of Shelbyville are like eight times more rabid than any other fans of the actual main show. Like yeah, they kind of concerning. So into it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we, we are launching as it is its own thing uh, soon. Um, and so watch your ass. We're coming for okay. you. Critical role. Yeah, it was, it was a Do Patreon it. thing, but we're, we're taking it public uh, for season two. Um, well, I have to ask, is this the first time that you guys have played? I, this or this was, when you I were had younger. played once, like mm. once before, and it was sort of like a dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons thing. I okay. always stumble over that. Um, it's not easy to say. D and D. 
D&D. Yeah, D&D. Durinder, uh, as I like to call it. <laughs> and I wasn't taking it seriously. But when we sat down to play it, I was like, all right, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to play by the rules and do all the things. And it was, I mean, it's the most fun. It's so fun. I think that we have ever had on this show. It is It yeah. is a blast. You should, you should check it out. We got I Elijah Wood on for will. the season finale. We've got some oh, other so surprises fun. in there. It's, uh, it's I, I feel like I'm I found it later in life and oh yeah totally it's god I can't I it's so fun and it's it's a I feel like it's like a little bit of therapy too in a weird way mm, it, just like yes it is you're like I'm gonna work through this but it's my character it's not me <laughs> yeah I just I, I love it I I it's so fun I, I I'm so excited for you guys I well, can't anyone, wait to hear anyone who's a fan of Shelbyville go check out critical role and is seriously good shit those folks know what they're doing we're winging it uh, hey man that's where you start though (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's like you're and you know an rpg you're always winging it so yes we're still winging it (laughs) well well actually thank you so much for being here today and uh, recording this uh extra long episode of oh man this uh, was a blast man yeah, I could any, just talk anytime. to you guys about all this for so long. So thanks for having me on. Many thanks to Ashley Johnson. What a delight that was. Yes. We, we've we talked a little bit like amongst ourselves how surreal it is to like actually talk with her after playing yeah. with and yeah. as her for, for multiple hours on end. Um, but she was just everything that I would kind of hope she would be. And uh I, I was I was delighted by that. Uh, you know what I've been delighted by is the response when we announced this episode. Yeah. Um, I was sort of caught off guard by how uh, feverish the the response would be from uh, from our listeners. But people know her from Critical Role. Yeah. You know, a bazillion different shows that she's done voices on. And and also, of course, The Last of Us. And then, of course, you know, the season finale, of The Last of Us. So yeah. I don't know. I underestimated it. But people yeah. went fucking ape shit when we announced this episode. So uh, we hope we uh, we lived up to what you uh, what you were expecting here. <laughs> yep. The Ashley and Johnson not, hive is strong and we are yes. now uh, card carrying members as well. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm pretty confident we will hear from her again before this uh, show has run its course. She's, um, you know, great fun to talk to. Yeah, she doesn't have a choice now. She's she's in too deep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's in the King Cast family, whether she wants to be or not. Um, and it seems like she wants to be. She had a great time, and it, it like it was another one of those things where like we ended up like bullshitting for like I don't know ten, fifteen minutes after we stopped recording, just about stuff we were bringing up more random like nineties, like early nineties and late eighties sitcoms and shit. Uh, yeah. It was delightful. And uh, if you want any more of that kind of critical role. Uh, influence on the show well you know her significant other mr brian foster could be returning to the king cast fold maybe on our patreon this friday what do you think about that scott i think he is and no reason to be coy and um (laughs) also he is going to be uh doing our latest king cast commentary with us which uh is for a movie that i still have as of this recording not (laughs) seen uh, and frankly, I'm I'm really thinking about going into it just blind. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, the new Children of the Corn. We're going to be doing that. Kurt Wimmer's Children of the Corn, the movie that was made back in 2020, mm. was dumped into theaters in Florida for a few weeks. Somehow <laughs> the fact that it's Florida makes it all the more questionable. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it came out this year. It came out this week, actually. So um, 
<sighs> we're going to watch that and uh, we're going to talk about it. I, I asked April Wolf if she wanted to come back and do the new Children of the Corn. And uh-huh. she was just like, I can't be beating up on new movies. You know, I'm trying to get my own <laughs> right. stuff. I was like, yeah, I get it. Fair enough. Brian's not making any movies, though. <laughs> and neither are we. So we'll uh, yeah, we'll deal with that on the Patreon. You don't Friday. you don't know. You might watch it and go. This is genius. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Maybe you don't know. Yeah. The possibility exists. Listen, I'm oh. open to anything. I just know what I've heard. And yeah, you know, I'm being realistic here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm not anticipating a winner, but I go into all these hoping against hope that I'll actually uh, find something of, of value. Um, I That might be a hope misplaced this time. We'll, we'll have to see on Friday. Um, yeah. So if you want to listen to us figuring that out, uh, very possibly beating up on that thing like a pinata, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the Kingcast mm-hmm. and sign up. The commentaries are only for our gunslinger tier, which are our $10 a month. Uh, but uh, the six or $10 a month tier will get you instant access to she's dozens upon dozens upon dozens and dozens of uh, bonus content that is only ever existed over at the Patreon. So yes, you, you'll get your money's worth either way. But if you really want them commentaries, uh, make sure to sign up for the gunslinger tier. Um, now, next week, we have a very interesting uh, title that we're diving into because we are talking about the shinning next week, not the shining. The mm-hmm. Simpsons parody of The Shining, The Shining, with a guest who huh, definitely we, knows her Simpsons shit. Knows her Simpsons shit, for sure. Um, very funny. Um, I mean, this is anybody who follows us on Twitter can probably piece this together because we were oh, they've we already made this ask very together. publicly. Yeah, but if, yeah. you, uh, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you already know who we're dancing around here. But if you don't, well, then now you got to go follow us on Twitter to find out the next uh, guest. But we That's will announce true. on Monday what the big guest is. But she is great. Um, we just recorded that before recording these ads and outros here. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful episode, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. Yes, and those of you who count yourselves as... Nine Inch Nails fans in the audience. Um, this one's for you. We really got to. I, I've, I've talked about my love of Nine Inch Nails here and there on the show, but uh, this one I was really able to take the cork out of that bottle and just go buck wild. Um, so if you're not a fan of Nine Inch Nails, you know, good luck. But <laughs> um, those of you who are fans, you're 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 in for a, a treat. Sweet. Yeah, I agree. Having my I have very limited knowledge about Nine Inch Nails and I enjoyed the episode. So if I can enjoy it, you can enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. So make make sure to uh, stay tuned next week for The Shinning and uh, for our Patreon subscribers. Look for that Children of the Corn commentary with Brian Foster this Friday over at our Patreon. Adios, folks. Bye. The Kingcast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted, and created by Eric Vespi, that's me, and Scott Wampler. Tira Ansley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director, and editing is done by yours truly. Mm-hmm.